We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Managing Editor Derek Ciapala. Our show today is an interview with Johnny Johnson, the great Los Angeles Rams defensive back from the 1980s. It was recorded the day after the Rams lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you're looking for a little context to the interview, especially at the end, that's when it was recorded. I'll go ahead and get you there now. Here's our interview with Johnny Johnson. Today we have a special guest on the show, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, Johnny Johnson. Johnny, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, Derek. I'm well. How are you? Hey, it's solid. We're, we're coming off a Rams loss, but we can, I, I can move on a little bit. I'm, I'm no longer scarred, I think. Anyways, so... 
I just want to jump right into it and to talk with you about everything with your, your career with the NFL, what you've done since retiring, and what you're doing now in life. You have a great initiative that you're working on. So I just want to first ask you, you were drafted by the Rams in 1980 right after a Super Bowl season. What was it like to be drafted by this team and to immediately be on a playoff contender? Well, that was one of the exciting uh, – I coming out, I knew I would be a number one draft pick, and uh, to have an opportunity to go to the West Coast, Los Angeles. Uh, at that time, we played in Orange County, and we were actually picked the Super Bowl that year, to pick to win the Super Bowl that year. So uh, it was exciting. Uh, and at that point, uh, it was the Rams' first year opening in Anaheim Stadium. So uh, there was a lot of excitement around uh, Southern California and the Rams at that time. When you were drafted, you said they were picked to win the Super Bowl that year. And that also happens to be the same year you took an interception back for 99 yards. And you can read all about that, actually, in Jay Paris's book, Game of, Game of My Life, Rams. What was that year like for you? Well, uh, you know, any time you, uh, you get your first anything, it's pretty exciting. That happened to be my very first interception in the NFL. And to take it back 99 yards, words cannot describe that feeling. And uh, not only do I remember uh, the interception, I feel like I still remember every step that I took on the jot um, to the end zone. So um, it was special. Uh, and most of all, it helped us. It helped us that day beat the Green Bay Packers. And that was uh, that was the most important part of the process. To have your first interception, take it back for and then uh, take it back for a touchdown, and of course have it be a famed team like the Green Bay Packers. That was special. Now, in the course of your career, you played ten years almost in the NFL. Outside of that interception return, what what is the biggest memory you have from your career? Well, I think just having an opportunity to compete and uh, year in and year out. You know, when you look at a ten-year career, you think of all of the great teammates that you you have a chance to compete against. And, you know, it is something that I wish every athlete could experience. And to have an opportunity to do that with an organization like the Rams, that obviously was very special. Uh, and then when I think of all of the friends uh, that I've developed over the years, uh, guys that I stay in touch with today, uh, both from the Rams and then also uh, from competitors of, as well, uh, I tell you, Derek, there's no better feeling than to have an opportunity to play that long when the average life expectancy for an NFL player is only three and a half years. You played very well for the you know the, the time you were there in the NFL. What was it like in terms of just being a Ram? What are your favorite memories of, of playing on that team? Well, I would have to say just being around guys like Jackie Slater, Dennis Hare, you know, some of those offensive linemen being a defensive back, to, to, to hang around with some of those guys, they are some of the biggest – uh, comedians that you'll ever want to see. Uh, and when you get guys that big, that talented, uh, and that comical, just in their nature, there's a reason why when I saw them this past summer, it made me feel like it was just yesterday, although it had been many years since I last seen them, why they were such great teammates. And so when I think of memories, uh, I think of the group, not only the great plays, but just the great friendships that were created over, the, over my 10-year period in terms of playing with guys like that. You played on a team that had all kinds of characters, like you mentioned. You also played several, several future Hall of Famers. What was it like to actually play up against 
teams with the 49ers, with Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, and, and how did you attempt to defend them? Well, everyone in the NFL is great, and the 49ers had a great run during the 80s. And, um, you know, some of those guys, uh, both on the offense and defensive side, for the 49ers were great. There were other great ones in the league as well. But one thing you knew when you lined up on every snap, you knew you were going to get the best from competitors like Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, just as we gave our very best on every snap. But that's what made pro football pro football is every single snap you take open practice in preparation, in the meeting, in the games, it gives you an opportunity to be to be the very best that you can be. And only those guys who play for a long period of time and are compete against uh, Hall of Famers like uh, Joe and, and Jerry and those guys gives you an opportunity to be the very best that you can be. And, and that's what I appreciated most about having the opportunity to compete in the NFL is every week you knew uh, whether it be practice going against a Flipper Anderson or Henry Ellert or a game going against uh, a Jerry Rice or John Taylor. I asked you about the 49ers in particular because that was the rival release for the Rams for so long. And one thing we've argued over here at Rams Talk is that was like one of the best rivalries in the NFL. We're hoping that one day becomes it again. Is that how you as a player viewed it back then, that that was your rival, that was your Redskins versus Cowboys or your Browns versus Steelers? That was one of them. I mean, when you when you look at uh, how rivalries are developed over the years, usually you have something to play for, and you look at the Rams 49ers during during that era. Uh, it usually meant a game that meant something, and it, it, was, it was unfortunate that I look back on it, and we talk about this quite often when I talk talk to Ronnie Lott and some of those guys. During the 80s, there were five what we call big games uh, against each other. Unfortunately, they won four of the five, but they were all very competitive games. And although they were in the same conference, we played them twice during the course of the year and even into the playoffs, they they were highly competitive. You knew what you were going to get, and they were truly one of our uh, elite rivals during that time period. About, you know, a little bit towards the end of your career there, there was a switch in offensive strategy, a a shift away from – a little bit away from the run, more towards the pass. There was a you know a, a brief down in 1987. What was it like towards the end of your career seeing this changing the guard on the Rams? And in the end, what caused you to actually move on from your career? Well, you know, when you go into the NFL, you knew that it was only going to be a period of time before your career was going to come to an end. You just you never know when that's actually going to take place. You also know there are going to be changes amongst the coaching staff, amongst the personnel. And your ability to be able to adapt, adjust to it while you are competing at the highest level. And then ultimately when it's time to move on, to move on to the next chapter of your life, which is one of the reasons why you want to give everything that you can possibly give during during your, your, your playing career. And uh, to watch the change that you refer to, part of it personnel, part of it, coaching philosophy, but that's what the NFL is all about. It's about making those adjustments. It's about utilizing your talents. When we uh, look back during the Eric Dickerson years, obviously your best. we were blessed with a great offensive line. We were blessed with a, uh, a great runner, and, of course, you would take advantage of that. When you look at, uh, I remember when Ernie Zambezi came in, and I remember Ernie when he was at San Diego, 
how difficult it used to be to play against uh, the Dan Fouts's, uh, Kellen Winslow's, those guys. Uh, so you knew how to throw the football. And so we, um, you look at great receivers like Henry Ellis, Flipper Anderson, those type guys. You, we, we had talent there on the offense and defensively. People don't realize this. When I came into the league in 1980, we had the number one rated defensive backfield in the entire NFL. And you always play to those strengths, whether it's offense or defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Rams took advantage of those circumstances during my 10-year period and to our benefit. Well, I, I have to ask. You've mentioned a lot of personalities, and you've mentioned you know going against some really good teams, and now the the adaptation of of players. And you also mentioned Jackie Slater and Dennis Harrow being some of the funniest guys that you've been around. What is the funniest story you can tell us about being a member of the Los Angeles Rams? Well, there are some of those stories I may need to keep to myself. When you, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. When you think of when you think of those two guys, but um, <laughs> what, what, one of the funniest stories is um, one day Jackie was, you know, pretty good friends with some of the defensive backs and stuff like that. So. The defensive backs actually herded him, and we got him taped to the uh, to the goalpost one time. And uh, it was funny to see him taped to the goalpost, and that was until those offensive linemen got a hold of all of the defensive backs and taped and taped us to the drop down blocking dummies. And uh, you know, just things like that make you appreciate guys that come from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different parts of the country, and come together and and have such a warm, great relationship, and relationships that will last uh, a lifetime. And there are stories that uh, when we get together that you hear some of them and you go, wow, this was much deeper than just playing football. These are great, great men, great, great friendships, and uh, it's always great when you play play with a great organization as well. One of the things I've heard talked about when, I, when I've interviewed various players for our our legend series here is the fact that that Rams team had some ama- some amazing people just in terms of the locker room and the camaraderie and how well everyone got along. Years later, what does it mean to you to be a Ram? Well, it's first of all, it's lifelong, and uh, I just happened to go to uh, the uh, the Rams Philadelphia Eagles game. You know, Kyle and Shannon; these are wonderful uh, individuals who constantly reach out to former players. That's what it means to be a Ram when after all the years that I've played, 1990 is when I retired, and I still feel like I'm a part of the organization. And I saw Flip Anderson during the Eagles game. Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson was there. Uh, Mike Lansford was there. Frank Corral was there. Jim Collins was there. You know, you Leroy Irvin uh, earlier this summer. You know, it, mm-hmm. the list just goes on and on and on. So uh, we may stay away from each other for a short period of time, but when we see each other, it brings back those memories. And and I have to get a Rams organization today credit for that, for really diligently working to make sure that that the former Rams are invited, included, making us feel a part of the organization. And I'll tell you, Derek, that, that means a great deal to me as a former player, as I know it does with many of my teammates and former teammates as well. Well, you know that means a lot to us too. I, I don't, I don't know the many organizations that have made the effort. You can see it. I don't know many organizations that have made an effort to continually make sure they're bringing Rams home. <laughs> and you can see them on the sidelines. You can see them 
you know, on TV and everything. And it's been really kind of cool to see that movement of players back to a team. We used to hear lots of complaints that the Rams, had, you know, forgotten it's LA roots. Now they're back in LA and they're involving you know, the players from both the LA era and the St. Louis era. We're seeing them all. It's really neat as a fan to see it as well. It's really kind of special. Now it, it's quite special. Yeah, it, it, it is. Excuse me for cutting you off there, but it is so special uh, because you know two guys that I saw there at the, at the Eagles game in the suite was Terry Houghton, Isaac Bruce, you know, guys that had great careers in St. Louis, but they are a Ram, and it's great to see guys who played in L.A., guys that played in St. Louis all understand that it's that Rams family that brings us together. And, and that's something that all parties have to work at. The former player has to work at it, and the organization has to work at it. And I'm just thankful that we continue to see all parties taking the initiative and taking these this steps to, uh, to indeed make sure that we truly are Rams for life, not just by words, but by mm-hmm. actions. And we all see that now. It's great to see. It was great to see you there. And uh, you know, even years later, it's been over 20 years. 20. I'm not sure you want to bring how many years up it's been. But for you, you retired after the 1989 season. What did you do? What's your life after football been like? Well, during my seventh year in in my NFL career, I had a vision of the coaching process that we use as world class athletes against the world's greatest competition in the most hostile environment, being available to all sectors of society. And I shared that vision with my life coach, and he asked me, how large did I want my playing field to be? Did I want it to be right you know, right here in Los Angeles, or did I want it to be something larger? And I told him I didn't actually know. He told me to think about it. So I did, and six months later, I came back and I said, okay, uh, I want my playing field to be the world. And from that vision, world-class coaches, that's the international personal, professional, and executive coaching organization that I lead today was born. And we coach across all industries, but most of all, what we do is we help people through periods of transition and change in their lives. And I owe that to the life experiences that I was involved with during my uh, NFL career as that's a constant period of transition and change that we see in our involved and that we are involved in as well. Now, over the course of your career, as you know, with world class coaches, what have you seen accomplished in that field for you or by you? Well, one of the th- one of the things that I'm most passionate about today, and this actually occurred during my uh, NFL career, I remember Leor Urban when he went from the Rams to the Detroit Lions. I remember having a conversation with them and said, hey, man, when do you have to be in Detroit? And he said, well, tomorrow. I said, well, what about your family? Because he he had um, a wife and young kids. And he said, well, I don't know. Uh, I have to be there tomorrow. We'll figure that out. And I remember him and I talking about what we could do to help families deal with periods of transition and change. So I remember committing to myself at that time that one day, uh, I would look to try to help families through periods of transition and change. And then, Derek, what I discovered is that every year, every single year, more than 10 million kids ages 19 and younger move or relocate throughout the United States. Many of those moves are local moves from one neighborhood mm-hmm. to the next. But think of the difficulties 
that this have on young kids when they have to change neighborhoods, schools, and friends. So world-class coaches provides the move-in families initiative, which is a process to help simplify the move-in process for the kids' parents, but there's a specific focus on assisting the kids in dealing with the physical and the emotional challenges of changing neighborhoods, friends, and schools. And to me, that's where we have an opportunity to truly make a difference uh, in life. We have four overall aims with that initiative, and that's to provide the families and the kids mm-hmm. access to high-quality education, extracurricular activities, that is children's extracurricular activities, affordable housing, and economic opportunities. You put that all together, and it's really designed to help that family through periods of transition and change. And God knows we saw enough of that during my NFL career, and I've seen a whole lot of that since I've retired from the NFL as well. Well, it makes you wonder. There are several different charities or different interests out there, everything ranging from homeless care to trying to find cures for diseases. You found something that is a little bit of a quieter issue. We don't hear a whole lot of people talk about the issues that come with moving families. So what made you choose that? Was it just being an NFL player and and seeing the hardships that took place when you moved to a new neighborhood or moved to a new city? Or were there other factors as well? Oh, there were other factors. One of them uh, revolved around the firsthand experience. Steve Schaefer, who was my defensive backfield coach with the Rams, I remember when he arrived, he had young kids. And I remember Steve talking about him not actually taking certain jobs because he didn't want to disrupt his family and have the kids have to change neighborhoods, schools, and friends. So, Derek, one of the reasons why I chose this is this affects every single kid, regardless of where you fall on the social economic scale. It doesn't matter if your 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 family is uh, a multimillionaire or if you could barely afford um, to rent an apartment. When you move or relocate, when when those kids have to change neighborhoods, schools, and friends, it is a major challenge. And it's not one that's immune, that to where you're immune in one way or another. And it's one, I'll give you an example. Uh, when, you, when you look at the research, it shows that kids who participate in extracurricular activity actually performs better in, in their schoolwork. But think about this for a moment. If, if, uh, if someone is going to move or relocate to a new neighborhood, a new school, and they participated, let's say, in karate mm-hmm. or, or any extracurricular activity, so when they arrive, one of our goals with the Moving Families Initiative is for them to become immediately connected with an extracurricular activity of their choice. Now, that means they're going to have an opportunity to be able to get to know some other kids with a common interest on a safe platform to gain not only friendships, but they're going to learn character traits, life skills, and values that they may not learn in other areas of life. And that's why when you look at colleges and universities, student-athletes graduate at a slightly higher clip than the normal students. And there's a lot of factors that involve that, that that's involved with that. But if you take that all the way back down to youth extracurricular activities, there are a lot of benefits to those kids being involved in them. And that includes all kids. So when I go back, sports taught me that. Uh, and being around players and coaches and 
and executives who were constantly moving. It was only a natural fit for world-class coaches to take on an initiative like this. And it's our goal today that by um, October 5th of 2022, it's our goal for every single one of the more than 10 million kids who are eligible to participate to do so by participating in an extracurricular activity of their choice. We're not concerned about which one as long as they're involved with one of their choosing. Now, it's interesting you said that. The last time you and I spoke, I was actually on the way home from closing on a house. And today, the day we're actually talking, I am taking ownership of that house and getting ready to move my my little girl to a brand new neighborhood. And here we are talking. It affects pretty much everybody of every pay range. So you have these goals. You have them. You're moving towards them. Where can people help? Where can people pitch in and help you guys make some magic happen? Well, there's two things. First of all, anyone who has kids ages 19 and younger, and they are in the process of moving, considering moving, we will ask them to go to movingfamiliesinitiative.com and register for the services. These services, the Moving Families Initiative services, are at no cost to the parent or the teachers, coaches, or school counselors who work with the kids. And so they can register at movingfamiliesinitiative.com. And they can also find out more information there as well. And, Derek, I, I like what you said earlier because I thought it was ironic um, when we, uh, you and I originally spoke in that, you know, you had you, even people who whose daughter is young as yours, uh, which I believe is, is, it, is she two years old? She's two years old. Two years old. Uh, congratulations. And people don't realize the impact that that will have on, on her. But imagine how difficult that is. If she moves, if she's three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, just if you, you can go all the way up to a young teenager. And uh, I've seen so much of it that uh, I am just committed for the rest of my life with helping families as they transition through these periods with a focus on the high quality education, the extracurricular activities. And again, the reason we want the extracurricular activities is the life skills, the character traits, and the values that are taught, but also the ability to develop new friendships on a safe, common platform. And then, of course, affordable housing. And affordable housing doesn't mean necessarily uh, the underprivileged. Affordable housing means if a parent is looking to get into a particular neighborhood because they want to gain access to a certain school system for their kids, we want to look for ways to get them into that neighborhood, even if it's for them to rent for a short period of time, in order to enable them to gain access to that high-quality education for their kids. And so you put all this together. Uh, football laid the foundation and the platform for me to be able to provide these opportunities. And... Um, it's something that I've committed the rest of my life to assisting these families through these periods of transition and change. Wow. And just so the fans know, also, by the way, I'm lo- we're looking at the screen now. There is an app out there on both the iPhone and the Android. Just search Moving Families Initiative in the App Store, Google Play, and the app is there. And the opportunity for you just to go through it and, and get in touch with the initiative is great. Johnny, before we go, can you let folks know also where they can reach out to you? Are you on Twitter? Where can the fans keep track? And also, I got I have to ask the question because we saw a tough loss. I want to ask you that as well about where the Rams go from here. 
Well, two things. First of all, thank you regarding the app. So I do encourage uh, everyone to uh, to download the Moving Families Initiative app for ease of access whenever you are considering moving or relocating. I encourage you to uh, to take that step. As it relates to Twitter, when you look at uh, the social media aspect of things, I've always said this: there never really been a big fan of social media and things like that, and all of a sudden the um, Social media platform has, has taken over the world. Yeah, I don't. I, I uh, my kids actually helped me out um, by setting me up a Twitter account. So I'm not overly active on that, but I can be reached at Papa Johnson twenty eight underscore nine. That's my Twitter handle. They can reach me there, or they can call one eight hundred three one four seven seven one three. That's um, the world class coaches phone number and. MovingFamiliesInitiative.com is where they can go to register for the services anytime they're considering moving or relocating. Okay, so we have all that set there. By the way, one more question: Is there a is there a social media for the moving families? Is there a Twitter or a a Facebook page that folks can reach out to as well? Yes, uh, it's the Moving Families Initiative Facebook page. They can reach out to as well. Okay, so we have all the information out there, folks. Listen, this is a great cause. It's a very – it's a different cause. We're used to seeing so many different things. We just heard Johnny speak very passionately about this. Rams fans, give him some help. We've all been there. We've all moved. I'm moving. We, geez, who, who hasn't moved these days? So if this is an opportunity for you to help give back a little bit in a different way, contact the Moving Families Initiative. Help Johnny out. Johnny, I did have that last question for you. You were there last night. You saw this Rams team. Uh, go out there and play a heck of a game, fell a little short. Where do you see this team going for the rest of the year? Well, obviously, this is one of the elite teams uh, in the league, and um, what I just pray for is good health as they hit down the stretch. You know, yesterday's game could have gone both ways, and, you know, there were uh, several penalties. Things just didn't go our way, but there is no doubt that they have positioned that they are one of the elite teams in the league, and uh, they have a big one coming up against Seattle, and if we, if we get that one, we uh, position ourselves well for the playoffs. And I've got to say, when it comes to the NFL representative for the Super Bowl, I would think that the Rams has as good a chance as anyone in the in the NFC. And I'm looking forward to um, watching them uh, compete at that level. Well, so are we. And it's been a long time coming. It's been, <laughs> we threw a big party here at the Rams Talk Studios uh, when uh, they finally won that ninth game and ended all those years. Johnny, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your passion in life, the Moving, the Moving Families Initiative. Again, Rams fans, reach out to him. Give them a hand in terms of the things they're doing for our youth today. It's it's a really great thing to have. Oh, I was going to say, hey, man, I really appreciate uh, all the Rams fans for uh, supporting the organization. And as we head towards the playoffs, we just ask more and more people to come out and support and all the different ways that uh, – that you're going to support the Rams, and and we all greatly appreciate it, both the, the, the current players and former players and, of course, uh, members of the organization as well. It's been great. It's been a great year, a magical year for us. Johnny, thank you for all that you did wearing the horns, wearing uh, wearing those colors proudly. You were a great player for the organization, and we're, I'm super thrilled to have had you on the show. So for Johnny, this is Derek C. Paul here at Rams Talk. We'll see you next time.
This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.